April, in the Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1663. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. The Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1663. April. April 1st. Up betimes, and abroad to my brother's. But he being gone out, I went to the temple, to my cousin Roger Pepys, to see and talk with him a little, who tells me that, with much ado, the Parliament do agree to throw down popery, but he says it is with so much spite and passion, and an endeavour of bringing all nonconformists into the same condition, that he is afeard matters will not yet go so well as he could wish. Thence back to my brother's, in my way meeting Mr. Moore, and talking with him about getting me some money, and calling at my brother's, they tell me that my brother is still abroad, and that my father is not yet up, at which I wondered, not thinking that he was come, though I expected him, because I looked for him at my house. So I up to his bedside, and stayed an hour or two talking with him. Among other things he tells me how unquiet my mother is grown, that he is not able to live almost with her, if it were not for Paul. All other matters are as well as upon so hard conditions with my uncle Thomas we can expect them. I left him in bed, being very weary, to come to my house to-night or to-morrow, when he pleases, and so I home, calling on the virginal maker, buying a rest for myself to tune my triangle, and taking one of his people along with me to put it in tune once more, by which I learned how to go about it myself for the time to come. So to dinner, my wife being lazily in bed all this morning. Ashwell and I dine below together, and a pretty girl she is, and I hope will give my wife and myself good content, being very humble and active. My cook-maid do also dress my meat very well and neatly. So to my office all the afternoon till night, and then home, calling at Sir W. Batten's, where was Sir J. Minnes and Sir W. Penn, I telling them how, by my letter this day from Commissioner Pett, I hear that it's Tempese, he undertook for the new ship at Woolwich, which we have been so long to our shame in looking for, do prove naughty and not fit for service. Lord, how Sir J. Minnes, like a mad coxcomb, did swear and stamp, swearing that Commissioner Pett hath still the old heart against the king that ever he had, and that this was his envy against his brother that was to build the ship, and all the damnable reproaches in the world, at which I was ashamed, but said little, but upon the whole I find him still a fool, led by the nose with stories told by Sir W. Batten, whether with or without reason. So, vexed in my mind to see things ordered so unlike gentlemen, or men of reason, I went home and to bed. Second, up by very betimes, and to my office, where all the morning till towards noon, and then by coach to Westminster Hall with Sir W. Penn, and while he went up to the house I walked in the hall with Mr. Pierce, the surgeon, that I met there, talking about my business the other day with Holmes, whom I told my mind, and did freely tell how I do depend upon my care and diligence in my employment, to bear me out against the pride of Holmes, or any man else in things that are honest, and much to that purpose which I know he will make good use of. But he did advise me to take as few occasions as I can of disobliging commanders, though this is one that everybody is glad to hear that he do receive a cheque. By and by the house rises, and I home again with Sir W. Penn, and all the way talking of the same business, to whom I did on purpose tell him my mind freely, and let him see that it must be a wiser man than Holmes, in these very words, that shall do me any hurt while I do my duty. 
I to remember him of Holmes's words against Sir J. Minnes, that he was a knave, rogue, coward, and that he will kick him and pull him by the ears, which he remembered all of them, and may have occasion to do it hereafter to his own shame, to suffer them to be spoke in his presence without any reply, but what I did give him, which has caused all this feud. But I am glad of it, for I would now and then take occasion to let the world know that I will not be made a novice. Sir W. Penn took occasion to speak about my wife's strangeness to him and his daughter, and that, believing at last that it was from his taking of Sarah to be his maid, he hath now put her away, at which I am glad. He told me that this day the king hath sent to the house his concurrence wholly with them against the popish priests, Jesuits, etc., which gives great content, and I am glad of it. So home, whither my father comes and dines with us, and being willing to be merry with him, I made myself so as much as I could, and so to the office, where we sat all the afternoon, and at night, having done all my business, I went home to my wife and father, and supped, and so to bed, my father lying with me in Ashwell's bed in the red chamber. Third. Waked betimes, and talked half an hour with my father, and so I rose and to my office, and about nine o'clock by water from the old swan to Whitehall, and to chapel, which being most monstrous full, I could not go into my pew, but sat among the choir. Dr. Creeton, the Scotchman, preached a most admirable, good, learned, honest, and most severe sermon, yet comical, upon the words of the woman concerning the virgin, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, meaning Christ, and the paps that gave thee suck, and he answered, Nay, rather is he blessed that heareth the word of God and keepeth it. He railed bitterly ever and anon against John Calvin and his brood, the Presbyterians, and against the present term, now in use, of tender consciences. He ripped up Hugh Peters, calling him the execrable skellum, his preaching and stirring up the maids of the city to bring in their bodkins and thimbles. Thence going out of Whitehall, I met Captain Grove, who did give me a letter directed to myself from himself. I discerned money to be in it, and took it, knowing, as I found it to be, the proceed of the place I have got him to be, the taking up of vessels for Tangier. But I did not open it till I came home to my office, and there I broke it open, not looking into it till all the money was out, that I might say I saw no money in the paper if ever I should be questioned about it. There was a piece in gold, and four pounds in silver. So home to dinner with my father and wife, and after dinner up to my triangle, where I found that, above my expectation, Ashwell has very good principles of music, and can take out a lesson herself with very little pains, at which I am very glad. Thence away back again by water to Whitehall, and there to the Tangier Committee, where we find ourselves at a great stand, the establishment being but seventy thousand pounds per annum, and the forces to be kept in the town at the least estimate that my Lord Rutherford can be got to bring it, is fifty-three thousand pounds. The charge of this year's work of the mole will be thirteen thousand pounds, besides a thousand pounds a year to my Lord Peterborough as a pension, and the fortifications and contingencies, which puts us to a great stand, and so unsettled what to do therein we rose, and I to see my Lord Sandwich, whom I found merry at cards, and so by coach home, and after supper a little to my office, and so home and to bed. I find at court that there is some bad news from Ireland of an insurrection of the Catholics there, which puts them into an alarm. I hear also in the city that for certain there is an embargo upon all our ships in Spain, upon this action of my Lord Windsor's at Cuba, which signifies little or nothing, but only he hath a mind to say that he hath done something before he comes back again. 
Late tonight I sent to invite my uncle White and aunt with Mrs. Turner tomorrow. Fourth. Up betimes and to my office. By and by to Lombard Street by appointment to meet Mr. Moore, but the business not being ready, I returned to the office, where we sat a while, and being sent for, I returned to him, and there signed to some papers in the conveying of some lands mortgage by Sir Rob Parkhurst, in my name, to my Lord Sandwich, which I having done, I returned home to dinner. Whither, by and by, comes Roger Pepys, Mrs. Turner, her daughter, Joyce Norton, and a young lady, a daughter of Colonel Cox, my Uncle White, his wife, and Mrs. Anne White. This being my feast, in lieu of what I should have had a few days ago for my cutting of the stone, for which the Lord make me truly thankful. Very merry at, before, and after dinner, and the more for that my dinner was great, and most neatly dressed by our own only maid. We had a fricassee of rabbits and chickens, a leg of mutton boiled, three carps in a dish, a great dish of a side of lamb, a dish of roasted pigeons, a dish of four lobsters, three tarts, a lamprey pie, a most rare pie, a dish of anchovies, good wine of several sorts, and all things mighty noble and to my great content. After dinner to Hyde Park, my aunt, Mrs. White, and I in one coach, and all the rest of the women in Mrs. Turner's, Roger being gone in haste to the Parliament about the carrying this business of the Papists, in which it seems there is great contest on both sides, and my uncle and father staying together behind. At the park was the king, and in another coach my lady Castlemaine, they greeting one another at every tour. Here about an hour, and so leaving all by the way, we home, and found the house as clean as if nothing had been done there to-day, from top to bottom, which made us give the cook twelve pence apiece, each of us. So to my office about writing letters by the post, one to my brother John at Brampton, telling him, hoping to work a good effect by it upon my mother, how melancholy my father is, and bidding him use all means to get my mother to live peaceably and quietly, which I am sure she neither do, nor I fear can ever do, but frightening her with his coming down no more, and the danger of her condition if he should die, I trust may do good. So home and to bed. Fifth. Lord's Day up and spent the morning till the barber came in reading in my chamber part of osborne's advice to his son which i shall not never enough admire for sense and language and being by and by trimmed to church myself wife ashwell etc home to dinner it raining while that was prepared to my office to read over my vows with great affection and to very good purpose so to dinner and very well pleased with it then to church again where a simple bawling young scot preached so home to my office alone till dark, reading some papers of my old navy precedents, and so home to supper, and after some pleasant talk, my wife Ashwell and I to bed. Sixth. Up very betimes, and to my office, and there made an end of reading my book, that I have of Mr. Barlow's of the Journal of the Commissioners of the Navy, who begun to act in the year 1628, and continued six years, wherein is fine observations and precedents, out of which I do purpose to make a good collection. By and by, much against my will, being twice sent for, to Sir G. Carteret's, to pass his accounts there, upon which Sir J. Minnes, Sir W. Batten, Sir W. Penn, and myself all the morning, and again after dinner to it, being vexed at my heart, to see a thing of that importance done so slightly, and with that neglect for which God pardon us, and I would I could mend it. Then, leaving them, I made an excuse, and away home, and took my wife by coach, and left her at Madam Clark's, to make a visit there, 
and I to the committee of Tangier, where I found to my great joy my Lord Sandwich, the first time I have seen him abroad these some months. And by and by he rose and took leave, being, it seems, this night to go to Kensington or Chelsea, where he hath taken a lodging for a while to take the air. We stayed, and after business done, I got Mr. Coventry into the matted gallery, and told him my whole mind concerning matters of our office, all my discontent to see things of so great trust carried so neglectfully, and what pitiful service the controller and surveyor make of their duties, and I disburdened my mind wholly to him, and he to me his own, many things, telling me that he is much discouraged by seeing things not to grow better and better, as he did well hope they would have done. Upon the whole, after a full hour's private discourse, telling one another our minds, we with great content parted, and with very great satisfaction, for my having thus cleared my conscience, went to Dr. Clark's, and thence fetched my wife, and by coach home, to my office a little to set things in order, and so home to supper, and to bed. Seventh. Up very betimes, and angry with Will, that he made no more haste to rise after I called him. So to my office, and all the morning there. At noon to the exchange, and so home to dinner, where I found my wife had been with Ashwell to La Roche's to have her tooth drawn, which it seems aches much, but my wife could not get her to be contented to have it drawn after the first twitch, but would let it alone, and so they came home with it undone, which made my wife and me good sport. After dinner to the office, where Sir J. Minnes did make a great complaint to me alone, how my clerk, Mr. Hayter, had entered in one of the sea-books a ticket to have been signed by him before it had been examined, which makes the old fool mad, almost, though there was upon inquiry the greatest reason in the world for it, which, though it vexes me, yet it is most to see from day to day what a coxcomb he is, and that so great a trust should lie in the hands of such a fool. We sat all the afternoon, and I late at my office, it being post-night, and so home to supper, my father being come again to my house, and after supper to bed, and after some talk to sleep. Eighth. Up betimes and to my office, and by and by, about eight o'clock, to the temple, to Commissioner Pett, lately come to town, and discoursed about the affairs of our office, how ill they go through the corruption and folly of Sir W. Batten and Sir J. Minnes. Thence by water to Whitehall to chapel, where preached Dr. Pierce, the famous man that preached the sermon so much cried up before the king against the papists. His matter was the devil tempting our saviour, being carried into the wilderness by the spirit, and he hath as much of natural eloquence as most men that ever I heard in my life, mixed with so much learning. After sermon I went up and saw the ceremony of the Bishop of Peterborough's paying homage upon the knee to the king, while Sir H. Bennett's secretary, read the king's grant of the bishopric of Lincoln, to which he is translated. His name is Dr. Laney. Here I also saw the Duke of Monmouth, with his order of the garter, the first time I ever saw it. I am told that the University of Cambridge did treat him a little while since with all the honour possible, with a comedy at Trinity College and banquet, and made him master of arts there, all which, they say, the king took very well. Dr. Rainbow, master of Magdalen, being now vice-chancellor, home by water to dinner and with my father wife and ashwell after dinner by water towards woolwich and in our way i bethought myself that we had left our poor little dog that followed us out of doors at the water-side and god knows whether he be not lost which did not only strike my wife into a great passion but i must confess myself also more than was becoming me we immediately returned i taking another boat 
and with my father went to Woolwich, while they went back to find the dog. I took my father on board the King's pleasure boat, and down to Woolwich, and walked to Greenwich thence, and turning into the park to show my father the steps up the hill, we found my wife, her woman, and dog, attending us, which made us all merry again, and so took boats, they to Deptford, and so by land to Halfway House, I into the King's yard, and overlooked them there, and eat and drank with them, and saw a company of seamen play drolly at our pence, and so home by water, I a little at the office, and so home to supper, and to bed, after having Ashwell play my father and me a lesson upon her triangle. Ninth. Up betimes, and to my office, and anon we met upon finishing the treasurer's accounts. At noon dined at home, and am vexed to hear my wife tell me how our maid Mary do endeavour to corrupt our cookmaid, which did please me very well, but I am resolved to rid the house of her as soon as I can. To the office, and sat all the afternoon till nine at night, and an hour after, home to supper and bed. My father lying at Tom's to-night, he dining with my uncle Fenner and his sons, and a great many more of the gang at his own cost to-day. To bed, vexed also, to think of Sir J. Minnes finding fault with Mr. Hayter for what he had done the other day, though there be no hurt in the thing at all, but only the old fool's jealousy, made worse by Sir W. Batten. Tenth, up very betimes, and to my office, where most hard at business alone all the morning. At noon to the exchange, where I hear that after great expectation from Ireland and long stop of letters, there is good news come, that all is quiet after our great noise of troubles there, though some stir hath been, as was reported. Off the exchange with Sir J. Cutler and Mr. Grant to the Royal Oak Tavern, in Lombard Street, where Alexander Broom the poet was, a merry and witty man, I believe, if he be not a little conceited, and here drank a sort of French wine called Eau Bouillon, that hath a good and most particular taste that I never met with. Home to dinner, and then by water abroad to Whitehall. My wife to see Mrs. Ferris, I to Whitehall in the park, doing no business. Then to my lord's lodgings, met my wife, and walked to the new exchange. There laid out ten shillings upon pendants and painted leather gloves, very pretty, and all the mode. So by coach home, and to my office till late, and so to supper, and to bed. Eleventh. Up betimes into my office, where we sat also all the morning till noon, and then home to dinner, my father being there, but not very well. After dinner in comes Captain Lambert of the Norwich, this day come from Tangier, whom I am glad to see. There came also with him Captain Wager, and afterwards in came Captain Allen to see me, of the resolution. All stayed a pretty while, and so away, and I a while to my office, then abroad into the street with my father, and left him to go to see my aunt White and uncle, intending to lie at Tom's to-night, or my cousin Scott's, where it seems he has hitherto lain, and is most kindly used there. So I home into my office very late, making up my lord's navy accounts, wherein I find him to stand debtor, twelve hundred pounds. So home to supper, and to bed. Twelfth. Lord's Day. Lay till eight o'clock, which I have not done a great while, then up and to church, where I found our pew altered by taking some of the hind pew to make ours bigger, because of the number of women, more by Sir J. Minnes' company than we used to have. Home to dinner, and after dinner, intending to go to Chelsea to my Lord Sandwich, my wife would needs go with me, though she walked on foot to Whitehall, which she did, and stayed at my Lord's lodgings while Creed and I took a turn at Whitehall, but no coach to be had, and so I returned to them, and sat talking till evening, 
and then got a coach and to graze in walks wear some handsome faces and so home and there to supper and a little after eight o'clock to bed a thing i have not done god knows when coming home to-night a drunken boy was carrying by our constable to our new pair of stocks to hansel them being a new pair and very handsome thirteenth up by five o'clock and to my office where hard at work till towards noon and home and eat a bit and so going out met with mr mount my old acquaintance and took him in and drank a glass or two of wine to him and so parted having not time to talk together and i with sir w batten to the still-yard and there eat a lobster together and why is the king's fishmonger coming in we were very merry half an hour and so by water to whitehall and by and by being all met we went into the duke and there did our business and so away and anon to the tangier committee where we had very fine discourse from dr walker and wiseman civilians against our erecting a court merchant at tangier and well answered in many things by my lord sandwich who speaking i never till now observed so much to be very good and sir r ford by and by the discourse being ended we fell to my lord rutherford's dispatch which do not please him he being a scot and one resolved to scrape every penny that he can get by any way which the committee will not agree to he took offence at something and rose away without taking leave of the board which all took ill though nothing said but only by the duke of albemarle who said that we ought to settle things as they ought to be and if he will not go upon these terms another man will no doubt here late quite finishing things against his going and so rose and i walked home being accompanied by creed to temple bar talking of this afternoon's passage and so i called at the wardrobe in my way home and there spoke at the horn tavern with mr moore a word or two but my business was with mr townsend who is gone this day to his country house about sparing charles pepys some money of his bills due to him when he can but missing him lost my labour so walked home finding my wife abroad at my aunt white's who coming home by and by i home to supper and to bed fourteenth up betimes to my office where busy till eight o'clock that sir w batten sir j minnes sir w pen and i down by barge to woolwich to see the royal james launched where she has been under repair a great while we stayed in the yard till almost noon and then to mr falkner's to a dinner of fish of our own sending and when it was just ready to come upon the table word is brought that the king and duke are come so they all went away to show themselves while i stayed and had a little dish or two by myself resolving to go home and by the time i had dined they came again having gone to little purpose the king i believe taking little notice of them so they to dinner and i stayed a little with them and so good-bye i walked to greenwich studying the slide rule for measuring of timber which is very fine thence to deptford by water and walked through the yard and so walked to redriff and so home pretty weary to my office where anon they all came home the ship well launched and so sat at the office till nine at night and i longer doing business at my office and so home to supper my father being come and to bed sir g carteret tells me to-night that he perceives the parliament is likely to make a great bustle before they will give the king any money will call all things into question and above all the expenses of the navy and do inquire into the king's expenses everywhere and into the truth of the report of people being forced to sell their bills at fifteen per cent loss in the navy and lastly that they are in a very angry pettish mood at present and not likely to be better fifteenth up betimes and after talking with my father a while i to my office and there hard at it till almost noon 
and then went down the river with Mains, the purveyor, to show a ship's lading of Norway goods, and called at Sir W. Warren's yard, and so home to dinner. After dinner, up with my wife and Ashwell a little to the triangle, and so I down to Deptford by land, about looking out a couple of catches fitted to be speedily set forth in answer to a letter of Mr. Coventry's to me. Which done, I walked back again, all the way reading of my book of timber measure, comparing it with my new sliding rule, brought home this morning with great pleasure. Taking boat again, I went to Shish's yard, but he being newly gone out towards Deptford, I followed him thither again, and there seeing him, I went with him and pitched upon a couple, and so by water home it being late past eight at night the wind cold and i a little weary so home to my office then to supper and bed sixteenth up betimes into my office met to pass mr pitts anon sir j lawson's secretary and deputy treasurer accounts for the voyage last to the straits wherein the demands are strangely regular and i dare not oppose it alone for making an enemy and do no good but only bring a review upon my lord sandwich but god knows it troubles my heart to see it and to see the controller whose duty it is to make no more matter of it at noon home for an hour to dinner and so to the office public and private till late at night so home to supper and bed with my father seventeenth up by five o'clock as i have long done and to my office all the morning at noon home to dinner with my father with us our dinner, it being Good Friday, was only sugar-sops and fish, the only time that we have had a Lenten dinner all this Lent. This morning Mr. Hunt, the instrument-maker, brought me home a bass vial to see whether I like it, which I do not very well, besides I am under a doubt whether I had best buy one yet or no, because of spoiling my present mind and love to business. After dinner, my father and I walked into the city a little, and parted, and to Paul's churchyard, to cause the title of my English Mare Clausum to be changed, and the new title, dedicated to the king, to be put to it, because I am ashamed to have the other scene dedicated to the commonwealth. So home and to my office till night, and so home to talk with my father, and supper and to bed. I have not had yet one quarter of an hour's leisure to sit down and talk with him since he came to town, nor do I know till the holidays when I shall." Eighteenth, up betimes, and to my office, where all the morning, at noon to dinner, with us Mr. Creed, who has been deeply engaged at the office this day about the ending of his accounts, wherein he is most unhappy to have to do with a company of fools who after they have signed his accounts and made bills upon them, yet dare not boldly assert to the treasurer that they are satisfied with his accounts. Hereupon all dinner, and walking in the garden the afternoon, he and I talking of the ill-management of our office, which God knows is very ill for the king's advantage. I would I could make it better. In the evening to my office, and at night home to supper and bed. 19th. Easter Day. Up, and this day put on my close-kneed coloured suit, which, with new stockings of the colour, with belt and new gilt-handled sword, is very handsome. To church alone, and so to dinner, where my father and brother Tom dined with us, and after dinner to church again, my father sitting below in the chancel. After church done, where the young Scotchman preaching, I slept all the while, my father and I to see my uncle and aunt White, and after a stay of an hour there, my father to my brothers, and I home to supper, and after supper fell in discourse of dancing, and I find that Ashwell hath a very fine carriage, which makes my wife almost ashamed of herself to see herself so outdone, but to-morrow she begins to learn to dance for a month or two so to prayers and to bed 
will be gone with my leave to his father's this day for a day or two to take physic these holy days twentieth up betimes as i used to do and in my chamber begun to look over my father's accounts which he brought out of the country with him by my desire whereby i may see what he has received and spent and i find that he is not anything extravagant and yet it do so far outdo his estate that he must either think of lessening his charge or i must be forced to spare money out of my purse to help him through which i would willing do as far as twenty pounds goes so to my office the remaining part of the morning till towards noon and then to mr grant's there saw his prints which he shewed me and indeed are the best collection of any things almost that ever i saw there being the prints of most of the greatest houses churches and antiquities in italy and france and brave cuts i had not time to look them over as i ought and which i will take time hereafter to do and therefore left them and home to dinner after dinner it raining very hard by coach to whitehall where after sir g carteret sir j minnes mr coventry and i had been with the duke we to the committee of tangier and did matters there dispatching wholly my lord teviot and so broke up with sir g carteret and sir john minnes by coach to my lord treasurer's thinking to have spoken about getting money for paying the yards but we found him with some ladies at cards and so it being a bad time to speak we parted and sir j minnes and i home and after walking with my wife in the garden late to supper and to bed being somewhat troubled at ashwell's desiring and insisting over eagerly upon her going to a ball to meet some of her old companions at a dancing-school here in town next friday but i am resolved she shall not go so to bed this day the little duke of monmouth was married at whitehall in the king's chamber and to-night is a great supper and dancing at his lodgings near charing cross i observed his coat at the tail of his coach he gives the arms of england scotland and france quartered upon some other fields but what it is that speaks his being a bastard i know not twenty first up betimes and to my office where first i ruled with red ink my english mary clausum which with the new orthodox title makes it now very handsome so to business and then home to dinner and after dinner to sit at the office in the afternoon and thence to my study late and so home to supper to play a game at cards with my wife and so to bed ashwell plays well at cards and will teach us to play i wish it did not lose too much of my time and put my wife too much upon it twenty-second up betimes and to my office very busy all the morning there entering things into my book manuscript which pleases me very much so to the change and so to my uncle white's by invitation whither my father wife and ashwell came where we had but a poor dinner and not well dressed besides the very sight of my aunt's hands and greasy manner of carving did almost turn my stomach after dinner by coach to the king's playhouse where we saw but part of wit without money which i do not like much but coming late put me out of tune and it costing me four half-crowns for myself and company so the play done home and i to my office a while and so home where my father who is so very melancholy and we played at cards and so to supper and to bed twenty-third st george's day and coronation the king and court being at windsor at the installing of the king of denmark by proxy and the duke of monmouth i up betimes and with my father having a fire made in my wife's new closet above it being a wet and cold day we sat there all the morning looking over his country accounts ever since his going into the country i find his spending hitherto has been without extraordinary charges at full one hundred pounds per annum which troubles me 
and I did let him apprehend it, so as that the poor man wept, though he did make it well appear to me that he could not have saved a farthing of it. I did tell him how things stand with us, and did chew my distrust of Paul, both for her good nature and housewifery, which he was sorry for, telling me that indeed she carries herself very well and carefully, which I am glad to hear, though I doubt it was but his doting, and not being able to find him his carriages so well nowadays as he could heretofore have done. We resolve upon sending for Will Stanks up to town to give us a right understanding in all that we have in Brampton, and before my father goes to settle everything so as to resolve how to find a living for my father, and to pay debts and legacies, and also to understand truly how Tom's condition is in the world, that we may know what we are like to expect of his doing ill or well. So to dinner, and after dinner to the office, where some of us met and did a little business, and so to Sir W. Batten's to see a little picture drawing of his by a Dutchman, which is very well done. So to my office and put a few things in order, and so home to spend the evening with my father. At cards till late, and being at supper, my boy being sent for some mustard to a neat's tongue, the rogue stayed half an hour in the streets, it seems, at a bonfire, at which I was very angry, and resolved to beat him to-morrow. 24th. Up betimes, and with my salt eel, went down in the parlour, and there got my boy, and did beat him, till I was fain to take breath two or three times. Yet for all I am afeard it will make the boy never the better, he is grown so hardened in his tricks. Which I am sorry for, he being capable of making a brave man, and is a boy that I and my wife love very well. So made me ready, and to my office, where all the morning, and at noon home, whither came Captain Holland, who is lately come home from sea, and has been much harassed in law about the ship which he has bought, so that it seems in a despair he endeavoured to cut his own throat, but has recovered it. And it seems whether by that or any other persuasion, his wife's mother being a great zealot, he is turned almost a Quaker, his discourse being nothing but holy, and that impertinent, that I was weary of him. At last, pretending to go to the change, we walked thither together, and there I left him and home to dinner, sending my boy by the way to inquire, after two dancing-masters at our end of the town, for my wife to learn, of whose names the boy brought word. After dinner, all the afternoon, fiddling upon my violin, which I have not done many a day, while Ashwell danced above in my upper best chamber, which is a rare room for music, expecting this afternoon my wife to bring my cousin Scott and Stradwick, but they came not, and so in the evening we by ourselves to Halfway House to walk, but did not go in there, but only a walk, and so home again, and to supper, my father with us, and had a good lobster intended for part of our entertainment to these people to-day, and so to cards, and then to bed, being the first day that I have spent so much to my pleasure a great while. 25th. Up betimes, and to my vial, and song-book, a pretty while, and so to my office, and there we sat all the morning. Among other things, Sir W. Batten had a mind to cause Butler, our chief witness in the business of Field, whom we did force back from an employment going to sea, to come back to attend our lawsuit, to be born as a mate on the rainbow in the Downs, in compensation for his loss for our sakes. This he orders an order to be drawn by Mr. Turner for, and after Sir J. Minnes, Sir W. Batten, and Sir W. Penn had signed it, it came to me, and I was going to put it up into my book, thinking to consider of it, and give them my opinion upon it before I parted with it. But Sir W. Penn told me I must sign it, or give it him again, for it should not go without my hand. I told him what I meant to do, whereupon Sir W. Batten was very angry, and in a great heat, which will bring out anything which he has in his mind, and I am glad of it, 
though it is base in him to have a thing so long in his mind without speaking of it, though I am glad this is the worst, for if he had worse it would out as well as this some time or other, told me that I should not think, as I have heretofore done, make them sign orders and not sign them myself, which what ignorance or worse it implies is easy to judge, when he shall sign to things, and the rest of the board too, as appears in this business, for company, and not out of their judgment for. After some discourse I did convince them that it was not fit to have it go, and Sir W. Batten first, and then the rest, did willingly cancel all their hands and tear the order. For I told them, Butler being such a rogue as I know him, and we have all signed him to be to the Duke, it will be in his power to publish this to our great reproach, that we should take such a course as this to serve ourselves in wronging the King, by putting him into a place he is no wise capable of, and that in an admiralship. At noon we rose, Sir W. Batten ashamed and vexed, and so home to dinner, and after dinner walked to the old exchange, and so all along to Westminster Hall, Whitehall, my Lord Sandwich's lodgings, and going by water back to the temple, did pay my debts in several places in order to my examining my accounts to-morrow to my great content. So in the evening home, and after supper, my father at my brother's, and merrily practising to dance, which my wife hath begun to learn this day of Mr. Pembleton, but I fear will hardly do any great good at it, because she is conceited that she do well already, though I think no such thing. So to bed. At Westminster Hall this day I buy a book lately printed and licensed by Dr. Stradling, the Bishop of London's chaplain, being a book discovering the practices and designs of the Papists, and the fears of some of our own fathers of the Protestant Church heretofore, of the return to Popery, as it were, prefacing it. The book is a very good book, but forasmuch as it touches one of the Queen Mother's father's confessors, the Bishop, which troubles many good men and members of Parliament, hath called it in, which I am sorry for. Another book I bought, being a collection of many expressions of the great Presbyterian preachers upon public occasions, in the late times, against the King and his party, as some of Mr. Marshall, Case, Calamy, Baxter, etc., which is good reading now, to see what they then did teach, and the people believe, and what they would seem to believe now. Lastly, I did hear that the Queen is much grieved of late at the King's neglecting her. He having not supped once with her this quarter of a year, and almost every night with my Lady Castlemaine, who hath been with him this St. George's feast at Windsor, and came home with him last night, and which is more, they say is removed as to her bed from her own home, to a chamber in Whitehall, next to the King's own, which I am sorry to hear, though I love her much. 26th, Lord's Day. Lay pretty long in bed talking with my wife, and then up and set to the making up of my monthly accounts. But Tom coming, with whom I was angry for botching my Camelot coat, to tell me that my father and he would dine with me, and that my father was at our church, I got me ready, and had a very good sermon of a country minister upon how blessed a thing it is for brethren to live together in unity. So home and all to dinner, and then would have gone by coach to have seen my Lord Sandwich at Chelsea, if the man would have taken us, but he denying it we stayed at home, and I all the afternoon upon my accounts, and found myself worth full seven hundred pounds, for which I bless God, it being the most I was ever yet worth in money. In the evening, my father being gone to my brother's to lie to-night, my wife, Ashwell, and the boy and I, and the dog, over the water, and walked to Halfway House, and beyond into the fields, gathering of cowslips, and so to Halfway House, with some cold lamb we carried with us, and there supped, and had a most pleasant walk back again, 
Ashwell all along telling us some parts of their mask at Chelsea School, which was very pretty, and I find she hath a most prodigious memory, remembering so much of things acted six or seven years ago. So home, and after reading my vows, being sleepy without prayers to bed, for which, God forgive me. 27th. Up betimes and to my office, where doing business alone a good while, till people came about business to me. Will Griffin tells me this morning that Captain Brown, Sir W. Batten's brother-in-law, is dead of a blow given him two days ago by a seaman, a servant of his, being drunk, with a stone striking him on the forehead, for which I am sorry, he having a good woman and several small children. At the office all the morning, at noon dined at home with my wife, Mary, and after dinner by water to Whitehall, but found the Duke of York gone to St. James for this summer, and thence with Mr. Coventry, to whose chamber I went, and Sir W. Penn, up to the Duke's closet, and a good while with him about our navy business, and so I to Whitehall, and there alone a while with my Lord Sandwich, discoursing about his debt to the navy, wherein he hath given me some things to resolve him in. Thence to my Lord's lodging, and thither came Queed to me, and he and I walked a great while in the garden, and thence to an alehouse in the market-place to drink fine Lambeth ale, and so to Westminster Hall. And after walking there a great while, home by coach, where I found Mary gone from my wife, she being too high for her, though a very good servant, and my boy too will be going in a few days, for he is not for my family, he is grown so out of order and not to be ruled, and do himself, against his brother's counsel, desire to be gone, which I am sorry for, because I love the boy, and would be glad to bring him to good. At home with my wife and Ashwell, talking of her going into the country this year, wherein we had liked to have fallen out, she thinking that I have a design to have her go, which I have not, and to let her stay here I perceive will not be convenient, for she expects more pleasure than I can give her here, and I fear I have done very ill in letting her begin to learn to dance. The Queen, which I did not know, it seems, was at Windsor, at the late St. George's Feast there, and the Duke of Monmouth dancing with her with his hat in his hand, the King came in and kissed him, and made him put on his hat, which everybody took notice of. After being a while at my office, home to supper and to bed, my will being come home again after being at his father's all the last week, taking physic. 28th. Up betimes and to my office, and there all the morning. Only stepped up to see my wife and her dancing-master at it, and I think after all she will do pretty well at it. So to dinner, Mr. Hunt dining with us, and so to the office, where we sat late, and then I to my office, casting up my Lord's sea accounts over again, and putting them in order for payment, and so home to supper and to bed. Twenty-ninth. Up betimes, and after having at my office settled some accounts for my Lord Sandwich, I went forth, and taking up my father at my brother's, took coach and towards Chelsea, lighting at an alehouse near the gatehouse at Westminster to drink our morning draught, and so up again into Chelsea, where we found my Lord all alone at a little table, with one joint of meat at dinner. We sat down, and very merry talking, and mightily extolling the manner of his retirement, and the goodness of his diet, which indeed is so finely dressed. The mistress of the house, Mrs. Beck, having been a woman of good condition heretofore, a merchant's wife, and hath all things most excellently dressed, among others her cakes admirable, and so good that my lord's words were, they were fit to present to my lady Castlemaine. From ordinary discourse my lord fell to talk of other matters to me, of which chiefly the second part of the fray, which he told me a little while since of, between Mr. Edward Montague and himself, 
which is that after that he had since been with him three times and no notice taken at all of any difference between them and yet since that he hath forborne coming to him almost two months and do speak not only slightly of my lord everywhere but hath complained to my lord chancellor of him and arrogated all that ever my lord hath done to be only by his direction and persuasion whether he hath done the like to the king or no my lord knows not but my lord hath been with the king since and finds all things fair and my lord chancellor hath told him of it but with so much contempt of mr montague as my lord knows himself very secure against anything the fool can do and notwithstanding all this so noble is his nature that he professes himself ready to show kindness and pity to mr montague on any occasion my lord told me of his presenting sir h bennet with a gold cup of a hundred pounds which he refuses with a compliment but my lord would have been glad he had taken it that he might have had some obligations upon him which he thinks possible the other may refuse to prevent it not that he hath any reason to doubt his kindness but i perceive great differences there are at court and sir h bennet and my lord bristol and their faction are likely to carry all things before them which my lord's judgment is will not be for the best and particularly against the chancellor who he tells me is irrecoverably lost but however that he will not actually join in anything against the chancellor whom he do own to be his most sure friend and to have been his greatest and therefore will not openly act in either but passively carry himself even the queen my lord tells me he thinks he hath incurred some displeasure with for his kindness to his neighbour my lady castlemaine my lord tells me he hath no reason to fall for her sake whose wit management nor interest is not likely to hold up any man and therefore he thinks it not his obligation to stand for her against his own interest the duke and mr coventry my lord says he is very well with and fears not but they will show themselves his very good friends especially at this time he being able to serve them and they needing him which he did not tell me wherein talking of the business of tangier he tells me that my lord tiviot is gone away without the least respect paid to him nor indeed to any man but without his commission and if it be true what he says having laid out seven or eight thousand pounds in commodities for the place and besides having not only disobliged all the commissioners for tangier but also sir charles barclay the other day who speaking in behalf of colonel fitzgerald that having been deputy governor there already he ought to have expected and had the governorship upon the death or removal of the former governor and whereas it is said that he and his men are irish which is indeed the main thing that hath moved the king and council to put in tiviot to prevent the irish having too great and the whole command there under fitzgerald he further said that there was never an englishman fit to command tangier my lord tiviot answered yes that there were many more fit than himself or fitzgerald either so that fitzgerald being so great with the duke of york and being already made deputy governor independent of my lord tiviot and he being also left here behind him for a while my lord sandwich do think that putting all these things together the few friends he hath left and the ill posture of his affairs my lord tiviot is not a man of the conduct and management that either people take him to be or is fit for the command of the place and here speaking of the duke of york and sir charles barclay my lord tells me that he do very much admire the good management and discretion and nobleness of the duke that whatever he may be led by him or mr coventry singly in private yet he did not observe that in public matters but he did give as ready hearing and as good acceptance to any reasons offered by any other man against the opinions of them as he did to them and would concur in the prosecution of it then we came to discourse upon his own sea accounts and came to a resolution what and how to proceed in them wherein he resolved though i offered him a way of evading the greatest part of his debt honestly 
by making himself debtor to the Parliament, before the King's time, which he might justly do. Yet he resolved to go openly and nakedly in it, and put himself to the kindness of the King and Duke, which humour I must confess, and so did tell him, with which he was not a little pleased, had thriven very well with him, being known to be a man of candid and open dealing, without any private tricks or hidden designs, as other men commonly have in what they do. From that we had discourse of Sir G. Carteret, who he finds kind to him, but it may be a little envious, and most other men are, and of many others, and upon the whole do find that it is a troublesome thing for a man of any condition at court to carry himself even, and without contracting enemies or enviers, and that much discretion and dissimulation is necessary to do it. My father stayed a good while at the window, and then sat down by himself while my lord and I were thus an hour together or two after dinner discoursing, and by and by he took his leave, and told me he would stay below for me. Anon I took leave, and coming down found my father unexpectedly in great pain, and desiring for God's sake to get him a bed to lie upon, which I did, and W. Howe and I stayed by him, in so great pain as I never saw, poor wretch, and with that patience crying only terrible, terrible pain, God help me, God help me, with the mournful voice that made my heart ache. He desired to rest a little alone to see whether it would abate, and W. Howe and I went down and walked in the gardens, which are very fine, and a pretty fountain, with which I was finely wetted, and up to a banqueting-house with a very fine prospect, and so back to my father, who I found in such pain that I could not bear the sight of it without weeping, never thinking that I should be able to get him from thence. But at last, finding it light to continue, I got him to go to the coach with great pain, and driving hard, he all the while in a most unsufferable torment, meeting in the way with Captain Ferris going to my lord, to tell him that my lady Jemima is come to town, and that Will Stanks is come with my father's horses. Not staying the coach to speak with anybody, but once, in St. Paul's churchyard, we were forced to stay, the jogging and pain making my father vomit, which it never had done before. At last we got home, and all helping him we got him to bed presently, and after half an hour's lying in his naked bed, it being a rupture with which he is troubled, and has been this twenty years, but never in half the pain and with so great swelling as now, and how this came but by drinking of cold small beer and sitting long upon a low stool, and then standing long after it he cannot tell. After which he was at good ease, and so continued, and so fell to sleep, and we went down whither W. Stanks was come with his horses. But it is very pleasant to hear how he rails at the rumbling and ado that is in London, over it is in the country, that he cannot endure it. He supped with us, and very merry, and then he to his lodgings at the inn with the horses, and so we to bed, I to my father, who is very well again, and both slept very well. Thirtieth, up, and after drinking my morning draught with my father and W. Stanks, I went forth to Sir W. Batten, who is going, to no purpose, as he uses to do, to Chatham upon a survey. So to my office, where till towards noon, and then to the exchange, and back home to dinner, where Mrs. Hunt, my father, and W. Stanks, but Lord! What a stir Stanks makes with his being crowded in the streets and wearied in walking in London, and would not be wooed by my wife and Ashwell to go to a play, nor to Whitehall, or to see the lions, though he was carried in a coach. I never could have thought there had been upon earth a man so little curious in the world as he is. At the office all the afternoon till nine at night, so home to cards with my father, wife, and Ashwell, and so to bed. End of April